Um, All right, let's do it. Welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I am Justin. And I'm Darren. And today we're going to be discussing the Stanley Parable, Mm. which is a game, sort of. Yeah. (laughs) It's a game. I feel like it is a game, but I I feel like it is more a choose-your-own-adventure story than it is a game. And that's essentially how I would recommend it. I definitely recommend it. I wholeheartedly recommend it. I think that for all the hype it had, I should have been disappointed with it, but I have not been. And I've played through it a second time now for the podcast, and I loved it even more the second time. I got much more out of it the second time than I even did the first time. You would recommend this, I assume. Yeah, yeah, I am the same. I think I only got about two or three endings the first time I played it. Same here, same here. And that's the thing, the game can be quite short. There is an achievement for winning the game in four minutes and 22 seconds or less, and you could easily get through it, and that would be it. That's a hard achievement to get, man. Is it? You tried? I've tried multiple times. I can't get it. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought it would be easy to get because I thought, well, I I don't want to get into the spoiler section, but I, mm, with it being possibly that short, if you somehow lucked into the very ending that it wants for that achievement, then that would feel very disappointing to beat the game in less than five minutes. But that's not really what this game is about. So if you have not played this game, this game is for people that want story, that want to explore and try everything, try various things. That's what this game is for. It has fantastic narration. The story is interesting. There are hidden things that the narrator responds to and just adds so much to this game. It makes me laugh. It makes me think. And if you've not played it, or even if you have, if you somehow never walked into the broom closet, I highly recommend it. Now, of course, I mean the broom closet in the game. Don't just go to a random broom closet. (laughs) That would be very boring. But in the game, well worth it. Well worth it. Some of the funniest bits to me are what the narrator says when you go into there. And that's pretty much it. So I would recommend it. You would recommend it. I would. I'd say, I'd, I'd add to say it's it's a game for people who love to break games. Because that's what it is. It's a, it's a Rubik's Cube of a game that you can do it the proper way, or you can take all the stickers off and put them back on as you like to do it yourself. That's the, essentially what's at the core of this game. And it makes fun of gamers and people who make games. It's On so many levels, this game works in lots of different ways. I can see why people absolutely hate this game. Uh, Oh yeah, there's plenty of people that think this game is absolute garbage. I think they're the ones that must have beat it in 4 minutes and 22 seconds. (laughs) But it's, like you said, what a story. And the guy that made it, he said, half the reason it was as successful as it has been is because of the the narrator. Like, because he's awesome. He's great. But we can talk more about the the kind of details and behind the scenes part of this game in a minute. I guess, once we get to the spoiler section, I suppose, which Mm. is this game is going to be full of spoilers. You're listening to a podcast. You come to a section where there might be spoilers. You can choose to stop listening and return later after playing the game, or you can choose to continue listening. You make your choice now. The listener chose to continue listening to the spoiler section of the podcast. So here we are. Uh, one of the things I love most about the Stanley Parable is the fact that choice actually feels like it matters. 
what I do, what I choose to do matters and affects the ending and affects the game as a whole. I loved the idea of Stanley as a character. Stanley has a job in an office that is so mundane and boring. It could be any office in the world. And he sits all day just pushing buttons. The same buttons what he's told to push all the time. I think this is a great kind of analogy for office life or repetitive daily monotonous kind of jobs or life on the island of lost <laughs> but it is also the kind of thing that creates this character that we are very familiar with right away but this is a character who never makes choices never has to make choices and then very quickly we walk out and there's lots of things to look at the first time they kind of get repetitive after a while until things start to slowly change but for me it's that moment you get to the two doors and the narrator tells you what to do and tells you to take the door on the left and do you. Like you said, this is a game for people that like to break games. So I went to the right the first time and I'm sure you probably did as well. And if you didn't, I worry that you wouldn't actually get out of this game what this game is really for. It's about exploring. It's about making those choices and how those choices affect the character and sometimes the whole world that the character is in. And that's the thing, honestly. You could follow the story. You could do everything the narrator says. And I did that at one point. But that is honestly the most boring one. You go through, you get to the secret basement, you turn off the machine, you escape to freedom. Isn't that nice? And that's the end. That's genius though, isn't it? Because... Well, that's that's the most boring game ever. But yeah, wh why do you think it's genius? Because this is the one where you get your freedom, right? Yes. But you've had absolutely zero freedom in the game because you've been obeying the narrator the entire time to get there. Mm -hmm. And so it's like a kind of, I don't know, there's an ironic ending that the, free, the, the ending where you get your freedom is you have to sacrifice all of your freedom to get there. I like that. I, I like that ending. I think I think actually I probably the first time I played it, I just followed the narrator to the end. And then I played it again and I switched the mind control on this time. And that was my second ending, um, which is also interesting because that's so GLaDOS right there, mm -hmm. that whole ending. There's the only thing missing from that room is neurotoxin. Yes. I love that one so much. Do you think you have control? <laughs> Stanley, you don't have any control. <laughs> Look at you. Pushing random buttons. Maybe this number. Maybe this color. <laughs> mm, the first time, that's exactly what I was doing. Yeah. Maybe if you push the giant red button. Oh, let me give you a little extra time as well. <laughs> yes, I had that thought as well through through this playthrough a lot. That he's very GLaDOS in the fact that he's somewhat godlike but not perfect. And can't control everything but can control quite a lot that will affect Stanley. Yeah. I think this is a game that is full of interesting imagery and also interesting ideas and kind of commentary on life, society, and like you said, uh, game development as well. And I think that's a big part of what keeps me playing. So the narrator... The comedy makes it interesting enough to keep me there and keep playing and want everything. But then later, it's not the comedy I'm thinking about. It's the other things that happened, which I think we'll get a bit more into because you've gotten your notes, right? All the different endings you want to discuss. That is one thing you found 17. I found, endings? no, I, I think 
I think there's 17 or 16 in total. Okay. I'm missing a couple because there's just no way. I'm not technically savvy enough to get some of them. And I could, I mean, I could use a walkthrough, I guess, to get them. Another thing is the narrator, I find, being very self-aware. So self-aware that the narrator knows he's in a game and that this is a game. And the idea is that he's created the story for Stanley. And so when Stanley makes choices that go against what the narrator has prepared, the narrator gets very frustrated. And that is the comedy, but it also adds a lot to this world that we are in. And I like that a lot. Yeah, because essentially he's trying to save Stanley. You know, that, so that's, that's the freedom ending. It's like, he helps you escape and, you know, you should be happy for that, but we're not. And then that's when we start to go back and we start, we, we, we restart in the office again. We realize little things are different. And then we start, oh, what happens if I don't do what the narrator says? And then, yeah, once you start to break his game, he gets kind of frustrated and angry. But even his character development as you go through the game is incredible. Like how he changes, he goes from being completely crazy when you switch on the mind control, like he's really evil then, blows you up, kills you essentially, to like the kind of uh, the Starfield ending where he wants to be friends with you and just stay here forever. It's, yeah, it's great. It's it's really an interesting kind of concept. The narrator feels like a full character, but a character that's not perfect. And I think that that's what works for me a lot. I mean, you could even say that this game isn't actually about Stanley, it's about the narrator. Like you could argue a case for that, I think. I think you could easily argue for that because we're not given a whole lot about who Stanley is, but we get a lot about who this narrator is, Mm -hmm. essentially. But then it does beg the question, who is the narrator? Is this a developer? Is this some godlike creature in this world? Who is the narrator supposed to be? Or is that even important? Because, I mean, even later on, when you get the museum ending, there's another narrator, Mm -hmm. which... It's like, okay, so who's who's the real narrator? And then the female narrator seems to be trying to help you. Like, mm-hmm. she doesn't want you to, to die. Well, she also seems to be wanting to help out the narrator as well. Yeah. Saying that they need each other, but they're constantly at odds with each other. The only way to win in that ending is to stop playing. Which, of course, as a game player, that's the one thing we won't do. Yeah. And so I, I get that. And I think that that is for people who love the game. It is these kind of concepts that really resonate with us and hit home and make us think about things that possibly we haven't before. I think that this is something that as I get older, there have been times where I've gotten much more into the habit of if I'm not having fun with a game, I stop playing the game. Whereas when I was younger, I would try and try and try to to beat a game no matter what. Because you didn't have like 500 games to, to play in your Steam library. You had one cartridge that but there was also the idea of just i need to beat it right i need to finish it and i feel incomplete for a while if i haven't finished a game i still get that feeling sometimes but there's just a point where i realize if i'm not having fun there's no point in continuing and so for me in that case the only way to win is to stop playing but before i would have said oh but I've already put 20 hours into this game. I need to keep at it until I've finished it. But sometimes it's better to walk away. Or use cheats. (laughs) True, true. There's also the idea that this is possible in life as well, right? Which I think is what a lot of the Stanley Parable is doing. It is using the game as an analogy for life in many ways. So like I said already about the typical office worker stuck doing mundane work in the office made 
very famous by the movie Office Space, the mundane work and how unimportant most of it is. And this is another time where I think that you could say that this is true for other things, that sometimes the best answer is to stop. We keep doing the same bad habits over and over again. Sometimes it's best to just stop. And so I kind of took that away from this, but that's what takes this game, I think, into another realm where it almost becomes, I don't know if I wanted to give it the label of art, but I think that in some ways it could be because of the level of thinking that it creates in the user. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, even one of the endings that you can get is called the art ending. I don't think I got that. I didn't get that. That's that's the one you have to play the baby game for four hours and it's like, that's just not going to happen. Can you... Can you just start the baby game and pause it and then come back no. <laughs> after four hours and then play? <laughs> no. I'd have to have four hours of a podcast going or a movie I mean, or something while I'm just pushing the button. Even in the game, he's like, you're probably using a hack to just push this button over and over again. I didn't play long enough to get that. Oh, really? I, I played it for about 10 minutes, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, I think... About two minutes, and I assumed yeah. I would either have to be here for four hours. I watched, because that was one of the endings that I had to watch the a video. I watched the video on YouTube of it, because I had to see, like, A, is it possible to play that game for four hours? Has anyone done it? And what happens at the end? Yeah, of course somebody's done it. <laughs> and they have, yeah, yeah. There's one guy on YouTube who's done it. And, yeah, after two hours of pushing the, the button to stop the baby from crawling into a fire, um, then a puppy appears and is being lowered into a tank of piranhas. So you have to run between two posts pushing two buttons for another two hours. And then at the end of that, you just get this, like, giant monolith thing with some text. And it's, like, it's the art ending. It's, like, you are connected with the the art world now. And it's just, it's stupid. Because it's, cause it's great. Because like, you just spent four hours doing this really stupid task but i think the point of that ending is like you could say you can make anything into art you know mm -hmm. you can say oh but that was art you know it's it's the mundaneness of life <laughs> like or it's we have to protect our children and uh, whatever we are the children crawling towards the fire <laughs> you know whatever whatever they want to say but yeah that's the ending i just did not get and there's another ending that i couldn't get because but well, we'll get to the endings later on. Like, well, actually, I think we could probably get into the endings now. Because, I mean, that is the game, isn't it? Really, the endings. I mean... It, it's about, again, I would say it's the endings, but it's the choices that make those endings happen a lot of mm -hmm. times. So, I've written some. Are yours in any sort of order? or No, more or less the order that I got them in. Okay. Well, let me talk about the endings... What I would say, the first one would be escape. You follow all the instructions, you yep. escape. Good, but honestly, I think one of the most boring of endings, right? And I think that's attacking game designers. They think that this is the story that you want. Mm -hmm. This is the this is a story that we've provided for you, and this is the ending that we think is the best. But for us, it's like, really? That's the ending? Which is often the case. We're yeah. often disappointed with the ending. Exactly. The so that, that is almost an attack on game designers. But then the next ending, I would say, is probably the GLaDOS ending, because it's where you, you agree to everything the narrator says, but then on the final one, you're like, let's switch it up and see what happens if I do this this time. There is the kind of escape, where you, you see the escape right at the end, and you follow it, and the narrator is saying the whole time, Stanley is walking to his death. <laughs> the door is still open, 
happen. But Stanley realizes that he really wants to head right towards his death. You know, <laughs> he's saying things like that. And then you essentially walk into a pit, like kind of hole where you fall into a conveyor belt that's going to put me into two giant flat things and squish me. Mm. And that's where you were talking about before. The female narrator comes in and says, oh, isn't this enough? And then we get the museum ending. And the museum is fantastic. Yeah. Because you get a lot of insight into the making of this game and certain things that didn't make it or the choices that they made to make this game. And I thought that that was just a really nice nod to people who are interested in kind of the making of the game. Yeah, I mean, that's an incredible ending in itself because it's almost like a director's commentary, but a visual one rather than an audio one. And yeah, you get to play with everything, you get to see art design, you get to see the level. Also, it's interesting that you can get to look at the office layout. They've got like a model Mm -hmm. and you can see how small the areas that they're working with. I mean, there are other areas that are not on that, but yeah, it's really, that whole level was really interesting and it's huge. I got lost in there. (laughs) Yeah, how do I find the exit? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And that's when you pull the lever and you're told the only way to win is to leave. And then I left and I was disappointed because I thought, it would do something else. Oh, did you go back and stay then? I tried it as... So I did it twice. So the first time I actually left and then I went back through and then I... Yeah, I went back through and then let myself get crushed. Right. And nothing happens. Yeah, just just get crushed. Mm-hmm. There is the very quick ending when you go through the employee lounge and then get to the warehouse area and then you just jump off. Yeah. Which I love. Then the area where you told me about, because I hadn't figured this out, that you can kind of jump off the elevator in the warehouse onto the catwalk. Yeah. And then that gives you a choice of two doors. There's the red door and the blue door. So the first time I went through, I went through the red door. Yeah. And honestly, loved that ending. Thought that was beautiful because that takes you essentially to a place where you're kind of just in space and there's all these beautiful lights around and the narrator is happy. And, oh, Stanley, can't we just stay here? Can't we just be so happy? And that alone was good. But then it gets better because the door has not closed so you can go back. And every time you go back, for quite a number of times, the narrator will keep saying, oh, wait, wait, don't you want to go back? Can't we go back? Can't you just do this for me? Can't you think about somebody else? Can't you think about me? This is a good ending for me. And the only way to get out of that ending is to kill yourself. Not just once. Yeah. You have to walk up the stairs and jump once. And the narrator says, oh, good, good. Okay, you're okay. But no, you have to do it what, three times before that ends it. Yeah, and he's so sad when you're doing your third trip up the yes. stairs again. <laughs> like Makes you feel guilty almost, yeah. right? Yeah. There is then the blue door, which you're like, you've got to do the blue door. You kept going on and on about the blue door. <laughs> and the blue door was pretty fantastic yeah. because you, you go through it once and then... <laughs> He's like, wait, wait, maybe you didn't understand. And it gets more and more obvious, like, that you're supposed to be going through the red door, but you keep choosing the blue door. It's like, fine, go, go ahead. Go through the blue door. I love that trick that he tried to play, though. He's like, well, there's only one, there's only one door, but the blue door is actually behind you now. (laughs) (laughs) But that leads, what, which one does that lead to? It drops you into Minecraft first. Ah, that's right. So it drops you into Minecraft and you can't do anything. Yeah, and he you builds, can't mine anything. He builds an amazing house. Oh yeah, it's amazing <laughs> house. Like, 
one tiny room and then says, oh, what would be better is if it was in diamonds. Why don't you go mine some diamonds? And then you go deeper and deeper into a mine. It's like, oh, no, this this isn't what I want. I didn't want it to be so involved. So this is too open. Yeah, yeah, too open. And then just brilliant. We appear in the beginning of Portal. Yeah. And that, that blew me away. I was not expecting that. I mean, I wasn't expecting the Minecraft either, but it wasn't actually Minecraft. You know, I didn't have the pickaxe in front of me. It didn't feel quite right. But when we got into Portal and the, the whole aspect, like the aesthetics, everything, it, the it just, it just was music. that room. Yes, yeah. the music was playing. My jaw dropped. I did not expect that. So that, that was a, a huge surprise. But then when we should be able to get in, I mean, we even solved the first puzzle. So we actually can pick up the cube in that. And that's, for me, the difference. In the Minecraft one, we had no control. We weren't doing anything. When we jumped into Portal and we could move a cube and solve the zero puzzle, I was shocked. Okay, how far is this going to go? But then the narrator takes the elevator away and we have to jump into the pit, right? But I, yeah, I love that. I just thought that was fantastic. So what do you think, if that has a message, what are they trying to say with that one? I mean, well, first of all, they asked permission from the guy that made Minecraft. I don't know his name off the top of my head, but they got permission from him to use the stuff from Minecraft. They got permission from Valve to do the portal stuff. But I think when the narrator is talking about Minecraft, he's like, oh, it's too open, it's too open. Again, maybe that's a little bit of a dig at people who are so narrowly focused on their, their freedom endings. This is the best ending. It's like, oh, this is far too open. Because a lot, and, and also a lot of people kind of dismiss Minecraft as being this game for kids, but actually there's a huge, I, I got it from, from my daughter. And it's only now that I'm starting to realize like, oh man, this is actually quite amazing. It's incredible. It really is. But yeah, I think it's a nod, it's a nod to developers who have obviously done They've done work that this this team enjoys and wanted to include. Um, what does it say about life? I don't know. There is the ending where we actually follow the elevator across and we pick up the phone and we are then fooled into thinking someone cares about us, but it's just like a mannequin. Yeah. Right? You can try to walk away, but then a brick wall will appear and the narrator will say, no, Stanley, you're in my world now. <laughs> kind of ominous. Yeah, that was another creepy ending, almost like another GLaDOS kind of moment. But then you go into the room and he says how many times he's tried this with Stanley over and over again. And Stanley just keeps pushing buttons. You keep pushing buttons. You can't stop pushing buttons. And as you push buttons, it goes from being this kitchen, living room area into more and more like your office. And you're being kind of subjected to going back to the beginning again. And there's even a point where the narrator says, go ahead, don't push a button. I dare you. But of course, nothing happens unless you push the button. And that kind of pushes you right back to the beginning again and right back to the office as though you have no real control. You only have the illusion of control. And I think that that could again be like allegory for the way people feel trapped in their lives. But it's also very much, I think, a dig at games where you feel like you have control, but you really don't. I thought that that was maybe another, uh, like a kind of a, a story about game addiction. Like your home, people are mannequins. Um, your home and your, your PC becomes your life. And uh, uh, you just, you, you can't help but push buttons and play games. Uh, I, I saw that as a, as a gamer addiction kind of ending. I, I think that's probably a good interpretation as well. There's the one that neither of us, I think, really understand, which is the escape pod. Yeah, because you can't escape. 
Yeah, you can walk to it, and then the game starts over. I think there's a poster in the in uh, as, as you're going up, which is really cool. How you can look through the windows through mm-hmm. the, the through the one way glass into the offices, and they're all identical on every level as you're going up. But one of the posters says, "You and the narrator must be present." But to get that ending, you lock the narrator in the boss's office. Mm-hmm. And then go all the way back to the escape pod. So I don't know if that's on purpose. I don't know if anyone's actually mad. Maybe that's a puzzle still waiting to be solved that someone hasn't got. I don't know. Uh, the the creator said there's still some things that people haven't found in the game. I want to say that doesn't surprise me, but... He might be trolling. <laughs> no, I just think that's really shocking for how long this game's been out. So I am surprised because if they're still saying that, then I'm surprised that there are things. But at the same time, I don't doubt it. How many more endings did I find this time making more choices than I did the first time? I think a lot of times people are probably like us. We get a few endings. We feel we've had enough. That was amazing. I enjoyed my experience and then put it away without realizing how much more of this game there really is. Like, I never saw that uh, survey the first time through. What survey? I don't think I saw that either. Did you know where... The, in, the, in the meeting room? The narrator gets really frustrated uh-huh. and says, you've not really been giving this game a go. What is it you don't like? Let's find out. Oh, and he puts all the buttons on the there, wall. And you there have are five to, buttons. you got to rate the game. And of course, I know what the narrator's character is like by the point I got to it. So I went, what's going to be the funniest answer? Three. So <laughs> I chose three. Of course you choose three. <laughs> Which is why surveys shouldn't have odd numbers. And that just cracked me up. I I love that. Yeah. The weird baby game, like you said, it goes on forever. I would not have sat through all that. But I love even just that concept of it because it looks so terrible as well. It's just a giant picture of a baby on wooden planks. Yeah, it's like a picket sign almost. Yeah. He could have made it look good, but he didn't even bother, right? I think that that's humorous. It says a lot about the narrator, but it's an ending I didn't get the first time. A lot of these endings I didn't see the first time because after a few, I felt I was kind of done with the game, but I wasn't because there's just so much more. There is the ending where we kind of ruin the world, mm. where yep. whereby choosing the path the narrator doesn't want, the whole world starts to just become warped and look terrible. Filing cabinets are halfway in the walls. Chairs are halfway into the floor. The whole meeting room is chaos and you can't get through it. And even resetting it just makes it worse. And that was pretty amazing. But I also missed out on one of my favorites, which was the Stanley Parable adventure line. (laughs) Such a good ending. Which, did you have the subtitles on? No. So what you missed by not having the subtitles on was the fact that every time that the line was mentioned, it had the trademark symbol next oh, to it. Right. <laughs> they do a few clever things with the subtitles as well that I think are just great. But that one, the line, and then how the line starts to go crazy. It's on the ceiling. It's everywhere. And <laughs> to the point where then we're trying to avoid the line, but you can't avoid the line because it's just everywhere. Just cracks me up. And that's so much more. Just that line section is longer than the game that the narrator set up of walking through and escaping. So the game is much, much longer and much more involved than I gave it credit for even the first time. I was wowed the first time, but I think I'm much more impressed this time trying to go through and explore everything. Yeah, I put like six or seven hours into this. Yeah, it's and the first time I probably played it for an hour. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, and... 
and that was it. And felt good about it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I liked it. But this time has really blown me away. It's, it's melted my mind it's in a good way. I think um, I sped up my process a bit by letting you get through it first. <laughs> so there are a number of things you were telling me to try that I wasn't even thinking about. For example, that leaving the boss's office, but letting the doors shut and then retracing your steps. I never would have done that. Uh, even even after you told me the first time, I didn't do it quick enough and the door shut behind me. And I thought maybe I had misunderstood you. So I had to double check. And no, I, I just done it incorrectly because yeah, I probably never would have figured that one out. But again, if the developer is saying we haven't found everything, there's a possibility that we haven't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, games like... and. Like when we played Talos Principle and we started to break the game and you're supposed to break the game, you know, this is they've taken something from Stanley Parable in a sense to, into their game. So yeah, after playing so much Talos Principle, I think that made this run much better. I mean, the first time I played it, I probably wasn't into this style of game. So yeah, I got a couple of endings and that was it. But this time I really wanted to find absolutely everything. So like, yeah, the catwalk endings, like jumping off the lift. I jumped off the lift to my death the first time, but I'd never thought, oh, I can jump on that platform. Like, why did that not occur to me the first time? No idea. Did you get the insane ending where you just like die in the street? Yes. Yeah, I did. And a woman walks up to you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's weird as well. It's like, so what is real? Is like, is that real? Is that like, I don't know what's going on in that ending, to be honest. I, I have no idea what that could even possibly mean in real life. Um, the real ending, which I don't know if it's the real ending. Is it the real ending because we get credits? Maybe. Because that that's about the only one I think I have left on my notes to talk about. Right. And that's the one where we unplug the phone, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Which again, I'm not sure that I would have realized if you hadn't told me that that was an option. And even the narrator is saying, I didn't even think that was possible. How are you <laughs> making these choices? How are you doing things that shouldn't be allowed? And that's when he goes, oh, you're not a character. You're a real person, aren't you? That's why you keep messing everything up. Yeah. <laughs> real people always mess everything up. <laughs> And I thought that was just fantastic. I thought the dialogue for that was great. I thought the idea that, of course, gamers are going to try all the crazy stuff to see what they can do versus a character that should just follow the instructions. Exactly. And that's what this whole game is about. Yeah, it's like people, gamers who don't follow instructions and like to break things and create glitches and just do stupid things to their, to their pride and joy. You know, it's like, this is my baby. You know, this is, I made this game for you guys and you're just making fun of it. <laughs> you're, you're finding all my mistakes. You know, you're, fi you're finding all my, and pointing out all my flaws. Like, how rude is that? But, but I think that that plays very much into the, what that ending actually ends up as, where we are looking down upon Stanley, and the narrator is talking to Stanley and saying, Stanley, make a choice. Make a choice. Well, I'll wait for you. We're no longer in Stanley. We're no longer yeah, in control. Yeah, we can see him. Yeah. We can see him. And it is very much playing into that idea of what you were just saying. The developers of these games that may get frustrated with how people play the game, Without people playing the game, they have nothing. And I think that that is part of that. It is part of this whole overall thing of developers need people to play and the players need people to make the games and you need each other. And this ending, I think, really brings that home. Yeah, because it's quite, it's quite sad, quite a dark ending in a sense, but 
very just what's the word somber I guess it's mm-hmm. just really like, that's it okay like a give up ending almost like but yeah that's what I, I said was I, I thought that was maybe the real ending because yeah you get the credits and yeah. you get to see Stanley that's not the first time you get to see Stanley though oh well I the you, suicide one I saw him but uh, <laughs> was it I don't think I saw the one that I took I was playing honestly I was playing this last night and I looked through a window in the office and you can see the office and then there's a corridor on the other side of the office do you know what I'm talking about it's just it's basically in the first main room okay you see Stanley walking hmm. I took a screenshot of it um because it freaked me out it, it was like he's not he's, he's kind of you know running he's just like he looks like he's limping or maybe that's just the way that they've animated the walking but he's just walking really slowly and he just walks past the windows and then he's gone but it's like Wow, okay, so what does that mean? Uh, yeah, so that was an interesting find last night. I mean, we do, we do see the credits in the museum ending as well, but in, in museum fashion, it didn't feel like an ending. Mm-hmm. There's also the other, well, it's not completely the end. There's the, I think it's, uh, see, now I'm confused. There is the ending where I believe you've taken the the detour towards the warehouse, but you don't actually go into it, and then you go down into the basement rather than going back to the regular story. And you get the kind of rooms that get worse and worse as you go through until you end up in this kind of rusty, wooden, beat-up room with no windows that the narrator thinks is creepy. Yeah. And he just flashes the word, you win, exclamation mark, <laughs> on the screen. He goes, there you go. You've won. Congratulations. I just want to get out of here. Because oh, actually, that doesn't really feel like you did anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there was the, the the heaven ending. Did you get to heaven? I'm not sure. It's like just a white room with all these buttons that are flying around you. No, I didn't no. get to that one. Um, you. Oh yeah, that one is quite hard to get. Did you notice there's a there's there are computer terminals that say input? Because I, I spent a lot of time switching off all the computers there that I could di- get to. Their computers say different things at different times. Yeah, but there's one computer that always has the same thing. And basically, okay. when you push it, a little square color comes up on it. Okay. Did you see that? I don't think so. There's five digits on that. So you press it. But then if you go through the game, there's never another one of those terminals mm-hmm. so if you restart the game then you'll find that that terminal is now gone it's not there anymore or it's not showing that screen but further on in the game there's another terminal that will have the same screen and now that color from the last time you pushed it is still up when you press that new terminal you get a new color and so i was like ah okay restart restart so you basically restart find the terminal restart find the next terminal restart find the next terminal i think you do four times and then the next time you restart you're in stanley's office and you just got to press your own computer and then it's like you just go to button pushing heaven and there's just all these colorful buttons and you can you just i think you have to manually restart otherwise you just stay there forever so it's like yeah that's stanley's version of heaven just pushing buttons in this beautiful colorful place there is the parking garage ending where you just get stuck in a loop i do i didn't write that down i remember that one though Mm -hmm. um what happened in that one? So instead of going up the stairs to the boss's office, you go down the stairs that takes you to the parking garage. Oh, that's the insane ending. That's the one where you... Oh, is that the one? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you're just going around and around, then but you, I... you can fly, you can go into space. That was the first time where I realized that the game wouldn't always be the same, that the map could change depending on what the story needed, because all of a sudden now I was stuck in a loop, which I hadn't been... Because I got that ending on one of my first playthroughs the window escape ending was something i found no i don't think i found that one um basically in the office you can 
because as I was trying to switch on or, or trying to mess with the computers, I found that I could stand on a chair. So because you can't jump, that's one of the right. achievements. There is no jump or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so when you can stand on top of things, it's like that means there's something important mm-hmm. or there's something to break. And so you can get up on that, you can get on top of the computer, you can go over the desk and you can go out of one of the windows. You can just jump right through it. And it just leads into this bright white room and <laughs> you have to try that one because you'll like it because the narrator sings you a song. <laughs> and it's, it's really funny. But no, I mean, and then the, of course there's the broom closet ending, which is everybody's favourite. No. I think I missed out on this one. Well, I mean, I mean, that's just the joke, isn't it? It's like when, he's, when you're in the broom closet, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, I like the broom closet ending. That's my yeah. favourite. So is there a broom closet? No, it's... What happens is the only thing that... Well, no, I don't know. Maybe this is one of the things that people haven't found. Maybe there is a broom closet ending. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But what I found was if you keep going into the broom closet, then eventually, I think after three times, it's just nailed Boarded shut, over. Boarded yes. over. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, if there was, if there is a broom closet ending, I'd like to know about it. I would too. Yeah, these are the two endings I didn't get. So our ending I didn't get, but like I said, I watched it on YouTube. There's another one that I found called the serious ending, and that's you have to open the console and put in. You have to like basically cheat, and it's like a standard. They say it's a standard cheat from like some of the like old games. I just don't really know how to do it, and you have to mess around with something. It's I don't want to. I'm not. I'm. I'd probably break something if I tried mm. that. So I'm gonna leave that one behind. But even the achievements in that game, there's only there's only a handful of achievements. Did you do the click quick the door four thirty? No, I haven't. No. Ah, uh, you have to try that because again, that, th- this is why the game is so genius because. Is click the door five times. And then, I won't spoil it too much for you, I'll tell you the first line, but he's like, oh, you don't expect me to give you an achievement that easy, do you? And then he makes you go and do a bunch of other things, and it's just, you're not playing it because you want the achievement, you're playing it because you want to hear what he's going to say. Right. It's funny. It's funny. Okay. There is another achievement that seems crazy, which is leave the game on your computer and don't play it for five years. Yeah. That's a tough one, because you've got to make sure you have the same computer for five years, right? Yeah, yeah, or just like, not have it. I mean, just and not need that 1.3 gigabytes of space or whatever. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping you could probably uninstall it. I don't know. I've got no idea. Is there the one where you got to play it all Tuesday? Yes. Yeah. Um. I think people can. Uh, you can get. I mean, I think you can cheat to get those achievements though. I think you can just set your clock to Monday 11:30 p.m. Start the game. Change your clock to the next day. And I think you can do the same for the five-year achievement. Okay. But the real achievement hunter people are like, that's that's a no-go. Like you're not allowed to do that. You're not you're you're not you're not a real Stanley Parable fan, <laughs> unless you left it on your computer for five years. Yeah, and they'll check, <laughs> see how long you've owned it for. <laughs> um, but yeah, the speedrun one is really hard because I'll explain it. Right. So mm-hmm. basically, you go to the boss's office, you punch in the code. Mm-hmm. Which the narrator hates. Stanley was so impatient. He yeah. couldn't wait one minute for the narrator to finish. Exactly. <laughs> so basically, when you go through there, if you restart the game uh, and come back to that office at any time, he, the narrator will just be like, okay, here's the door. It's open. Go through. So he doesn't even ask you to punch the code. Really? So, he, so you cut out a big section of that story. When you're in the elevator, there's a big bit about he talks to you. If you keep replaying that section, that all gets shorter and cut and cut and cut until basically you fly through the the, uh, boss's office into the elevator and there's no story. There's no narration, so nothing to slow you down. So you just, the elevator lands immediately and you just keep going. But 
to get this achievement, you need to keep restarting until you start in front of those doors, the, the left and right doors. And I can't get it to do that. Mm, okay. um, that's the only way you can get it in four minutes and 33 seconds or four minutes, 22 seconds, whatever right. it is. And then there's the achievement, which is unachievable. I didn't get that one. Well, because you can't. But people found out a way to hack it. And it was quite funny because the guy was a Davy, I think Redden is his name. Uh, he got really angry at it. He's like, oh, you know, people like reverse engineered this hack and like shared it with everyone. It's t- taking the fun out of it. It's like, but that's the point of the game, isn't yeah. it? You can't give an achievement called unachievable and then be angry that someone got it. You know, it's like, that's the, sp- I thought that was the spirit of this game. But yeah, so yeah, I, I love, I love even in the beginning of the game how, when you're going and you're clicking on everything and then they're just like, Stanley clicked on everything, you know, it's just... It's, even though it did nothing. Even though it did nothing, yeah. Because that's exactly what we do in these games. It's so funny. But yeah, interesting. I mean, the two guys that... So, Davey uh, Redden and then William Pugh, they both made... They they both split after making that. And uh, Davey went on to make Beginner's Guide, which I haven't played, but you've played. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realise William Pugh made... Um, that Dr. Uh, Langeskov or whatever it's called, the Emerald Heist, whatever, whatever it is. So that's where, that's why they're so similar. I just found that out the other day. But yeah, the Beginner's Guide, I'd, I'd love to give that a shot. Mm. It's definitely something I'd recommend. Again, it's more over, it's more story over gameplay. Yeah. And I didn't realise, but Justin Roiland is in the, the Emerald Heist. Is he? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, he was credited in it, and I was like, I didn't hear his voice, because I thought it was just Simon Amstel. But if you play the game again, duh, exactly like what we were just talking about, like we gave up on the Stanley Parable years ago, and now we're playing it again and discovering all these new things. Same as that, if you play that Emerald Heist game again, you'll you'll find a cassette recorder and tapes, and it's Justin Roiland's voice on the tapes. Oh, okay. So... I'm tempted, well, not tempted, I'm going to reinstall it because it's a free game as well. Mm. So yeah, recommended. Definitely. I think my favorite things about this game are definitely the narrator. I think just top marks. Perfect, perfect choice. I mean, really perfect choice. (laughs) The time in the broom closet just made me laugh every time. In fact, because I've been playing it so much this week in preparation for this episode, there seems to be a point where the broom closet opens up again and I went back. Even though the the dialogue bits were the same, I still sat through it the whole time. I I yeah. just think that that's brilliant. Yeah, I think as you trigger other endings, then the boards, like the nailed boards come off of that and you can start going back inside again. And the employee lounge? <laughs> because the the narrator says something different about it so many times. And the level of sarcasm that he kind of throws in there gets more intense with each time. Up to, I think the last one I got was Stanley wondered if he could love a room, like really love a room, madly love a room. <laughs> and that employee lounge is the most depressing employee lounge of all time. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just find those little bits add so much to this game. I cannot believe that I didn't play more of it the first time through. Me too. I don't know. I, my, I must have been, my head must have been just in a different place at that point. Probably more into like fast action FPS games and yeah, missed missed my opportunity back then. So, the Stanley Parable. Gaps filled and more gaps created. The end is never the end, is never the end, is never the end.